A growing number of top medical schools are pushing back against what many are calling a flawed ranking system. The University of Chicago Pritzker School of Medicine is one of the latest to withdraw from the U.S. News & World Report rankings, long seen as the standard bearer for gauging the best programs. The schools say the rankings perpetuate inequities, prop up a system that's based on wealth and prestige, and that they're inaccurate. Here to discuss is Dr. Vinit Arora, professor and dean for medical education at UChicago's Pritzker School. Welcome back, doctor. Thank you for having me, Sasha. We're also joined by UChicago fourth-year medical student and class president, Hannah Pretty. Welcome, Hannah. Hi, thank you, Sasha. Dr. Arora, I'll, I'll start with you. I gave this brief overview of the types of criticisms that we're hearing from the uh, medical schools that are pulling out of the rankings. But tell us more specifically why UChicago is withdrawing. Yeah, no, great question. The reason that the Pritzker School of Medicine at University of Chicago decided to withdraw is pretty simple. The rankings do not accurately reflect the quality or the outcomes of medical school education that aspiring medical students who want to use these rankings can expect at a medical school like ours um, or a medical school, any medical school in the country. How long had this been brewing? So this did, was not an overnight decision. Yeah. Um, so among deans of medical schools, it's no state secret that the rankings use these flawed metrics um, that actually perpetuate biases based on race and income. And, um, and they don't reflect what medical school applicants needed. And when we saw law schools start to pull out, that's when there was a lot of momentum. And our dean, uh, Dr. Mark Anderson, and I wondered whether it was time for medical schools to do the same. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we wanted this decision to be aligned with our our mission and values, but also our make sure that we got the input of our students and our faculty and other leaders. So we started having the conversations. Yeah, I was very curious whether there was some breaking point, because of course, as you mentioned, it's not just U of C, but we're talking Harvard, Yale, Penn, University of Michigan, and the, the list keeps growing. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And I, I think that obviously when Harvard and a few other, um, you know, key schools withdrew, it provided a natural opportunity for us to accelerate our internal conversations. And there's power in numbers, you know, let's be honest about that. And we agree with many of our peer schools, but we wanted to add another important element that we felt was missing, which was we wrote directly to the publications editors to convene a meeting with stakeholders and other voices, including students and applicants, to determine how best to actually do this and report what matters for future physicians. Mm -hmm. And so that call for dialogue we felt was important because that had been missing. Hannah, let's bring you in here. Can you take us back to your application process? Like how closely did you actually look at the U.S. News and World Report rankings? Sure. When I was applying to medical school, I just remember it being such a daunting experience and I didn't really know where to start. And so what I had heard from friends, classmates, even my undergrad was that, you know, you start researching the top schools because in order to be a top physician, you should be trained at what's considered a highly ranked program. So I used the rankings a little bit in the beginning just to even create a list of what schools to even apply to. And then there were so many other factors like the diversity of the institution, the culture of the school, opportunities for community outreach that mattered so much more to me as I did that research, that became much more important later on in my decision process. I see. Well, some school administrators have said that the, the rankings might actually be dissuading some prospective students from applying in the first place and, and that we could have a more diverse pool of applicants without these rankings. 
What do you make of that? Yeah, I definitely agree. I even myself was intimidated to even apply to some quote unquote highly ranked institutions because that ranking to me was a reflection of the what the school was looking for. So MCAT scores, GPA, research experiences, and some of my own qualifications were in line with the community outreach I was involved in or other extracurricular activities. So coming from a background that's not highly represented in medicine, I was swayed away from trying to apply to some of the highly ranked institutions in the beginning. Doctor, what do you think about that? Do you think that your school would have attracted more diversity without these rankings? Well, we're fortunate to be at a school that is, uh, you know, ranked, you know, highly, but also is we've worked hard, especially with our um, associate dean of admissions and our uh, a lot of our work on, um, you know, promoting health equity to create a very diverse student body. And so we have one of the most diverse um, student bodies um, in in medical schools nationwide. I think the key problem with the rankings that Hannah's picking up on is that they sort of imply that you can either be excellent or you can be diverse, when the truth is you can be both. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is that they actually have a separate rankings for diversity, and they don't fold that into the main rankings. And that's a problem, especially since we know that they're using these other biased metrics in the rankings programs. Hannah, you've stood out as a leader within your medical community. I mean, being president of the the Black student body through the the Student National Medical Association, now as a Pritzker chief or class president, what have those experiences taught you, you think, about your community that maybe you couldn't have learned from the rankings? Yeah, in that role, you know, whether it was president of the SNMA, the Black students, or now as a chief class president, I've been able to interact with the med school community at large, and it's really taught me what really matters in order to train a great physician. So some of the students I get to work with are peers that start free clinics in the Southside community, or they, you know, show up for each other and support each other during difficult times. Mm -hmm. They protest racial injustices. They are just bright, motivated, and compassionate people, and they come from diverse backgrounds socioeconomically, culturally, and otherwise. And those are going to be the future leaders in medicine. And some students that might not have applied to a top school based on an arbitrary ranking. But to me, what's more important is the difference that they're going to make and the impact that they're going to have on their patients and in their communities as well. You touched earlier on that emphasis on you know being successful if you get into a top program. I'm curious, you've gone through the admissions process, Hannah. You're near the end of medical school. What does success look like to you at this stage in your career? Yeah, initially, before med school, success for me was based more so on metrics, grades, test scores, because that's Mm -hmm. what we're sort of taught to do as pre-medical students. And now at the end, you know, I can look back and see what's so much more important, and it's really that impact that I'm able to have as a future physician on patients. Can I provide culturally competent care? Do I understand healthcare disparities that impact my patients? And do I really influence patients and even my colleagues in a positive way? Um, If I can do that, then I think that's much more successful to me than whether or not I had a certain score or a certain grade. It's really an aggregate of, of what I could accomplish.
This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. The University of Chicago Pritzker School of Medicine recently joined a growing list of medical schools withdrawing from the U.S. News and World Report rankings. We're discussing this with UChicago Dean of Medical Education, Vineet Arora, and fourth-year medical student, Hannah Pretty. Doctor, beyond rank, uh, there are a lot of long-standing inequities and, and disparities within Absolutely. medical education. And I'm talking once students get in the door. What's your perspective on that? Yeah, I mean, so I want to highlight uh, the important question there, disparities in both medical education, but also in healthcare, really stark disparities. And they're tied because one of the ways to solve the disparities in healthcare is to recruit a more uh, diverse physician workforce to meet the needs of our nation and right here, our Chicago communities. Um, And so that's why it's so important as we espouse this mission and all medical schools are espousing this mission that we we do push back and say, hey, are are the rankings reflecting what they need to? Um, And, you know, we also, uh, you know, I think Hannah mentioned, in addition to, uh, you know, disparities by race, you know, disparities by income are a big issue. This career is increasingly closed out to all but the highest echelon of wealth um, who come from, you know, and we know that those physicians who come from under-resourced communities are more likely to serve those communities. And so we really need to make an effort to do that. Yeah. Hannah, as a Black woman in medicine, what's your experience been with disparities in med school? Well, one of the reasons I decided to attend UChicago was because I saw my own identity reflected in the students and the faculty. As a Black woman, you know, we are represented in medicine, but UChicago was the most diverse medical school I applied and was accepted to. And because I had that community and that support, I really felt like I could thrive and have thrived uh, here as a student. We are taught to learn and go out and try to change some of the health care inequities that exist. And also, you know, UChicago prides itself on training physicians that reflect the population we serve. We are situated in the south side of Chicago, and the school's mission really is to address and change these disparities that affect our patients. Anything you'd like to see UChicago do differently? I think what they're doing now is exactly something that I would have wanted to change initially is really taking a hard look at how we evaluate the standards of a medical school. Pulling out of a ranking list that has been antiquated and arbitrary is a huge step that could increase the recruitment of so many more diverse applicants that can continue to be the bright leaders of uh, medicine. Doctor, in lieu of the U.S. news rankings, is the School of Medicine going to provide anything for applicants as maybe a replacement way to gauge the school? Absolutely. I mean, this is important because, you know, transparency is an issue, but we we want to make sure we are providing transparent, meaningful, relevant data. And so we're going to provide on our admissions website uh, metrics that really allow applicants to understand what they would get from a medical education at University of Chicago, um, including things like, you know, how many participate in, you know, uh, community work, research, publish or um, go into academic careers, you know, go on to thrive afterwards. And so a lot of this data is actually already benchmarked by the Association of American Medical Colleges. Mm-hmm. So it's not not hard to get. And so what? Uh, that's why we really want to have the dialogue to say, maybe some of these could be better used by um, groups that are trying to rank us. Would the school ever go back to the U.S. news rankings, M- maybe if changes were made? Yeah, we we actually are a school that said we would go back if we see meaningful change. 
Um, and we want to see that change because, you know, as a biological sciences division housed here at the University of Chicago, you know, we actually have, you know, pre-med applicants that are like right in our building, you know, with our medical students, and we know they deserve better data. And so we believe in that transparency, but also want that relevant, accurate data. And if U.S. News can deliver on that, we would go back. If somebody else can deliver on that, we would partner with them. Hannah, what advice can you offer right now for maybe the aspiring physician of color who's listening and they're deciding, one, whether they want to go the med school route and two, where they should apply? I would tell them to go where you feel supported. When you're applying to medical schools, you should really think about whether the institution provides the culture of mentorship and community that could sustain you throughout med school because it is very challenging. And do you see yourself reflected in the faculty and leadership of the institution? Because that will speak volumes about whether that's a priority of the school. And I also think it's important to take a step back and look at yourself if you're considering or having imposter syndrome, thinking that just because you are underrepresented in medicine, you can't do this, you can't apply, you can't get in. Because that's just not true. There's plenty of schools out there that may or may not be highly ranked that would support and sustain students of color, students from lower socioeconomic statuses. And it's really about being confident in that and seeking out those institutions that can provide those opportunities. Dr. Aurora, leave us with advice for those aspiring physicians of color, maybe once they're in the door. I would definitely say, you know, uh, don't be afraid to seek community and um, speak up and talk to your leadership. And so, um, you know, I myself am a big believer in sort of rolling up my sleeves and, you know, hearing from students. And, um, you know, I've met with a variety of student leaders just in the last few weeks uh, who to talk a little bit about how to make sure that we have an environment of inclusive excellence and that people feel heard and that you know, everyone's identity is respected. And so, um, you know, in addition to things like we've talked about, like race and underrepresentation, you know, we have a long way to go for first generation low income students. Um, and that's definitely a silent and identity that can feel stigmatized. And so I'm proud that we're on the journey, but we actually, you know, recognize that we have a lot more to do and we welcome partners and other medical schools in joining us uh, on this journey. Dr. Vinit Arora and Hannah Pretty are with the U Chicago School of Medicine. Thank you both.